friend of mine, uh, a fuck it, this friend Walker, uh, which is his last name, because I know is, like three hundred cats. Is he a Rachel? No. <laughs> oh. Don't say it. No. It, it was all all the pieces were there. No. His name is Walker, and they live no. in Texas. That's no. not all the pieces. <laughs> Come on. Anyway, presumably he has a job. Yeah. There you Actually, on. he is in the military right now. <laughs> Oh, hi. I didn't see you there. I'm Patrick. I'm Kane. This is Ray. And you're listening to The Worst Thing Ever. Today's episode, Champion of Detroit. Tonight, in addition to our, uh, our, our normal cast, we've got um, with us uh, Ray's wife, Ashley. Hello. Uh, and Leslie. Hello. Let's see, any, any big news anybody's had since the last show? Any like major life events? Anything like that? You know, mm. big life changing marriage type things. Uh, I did some homework. <laughs> Nothing ringing a bell though. Hmm. What what kind of homework was it? Getting married homework. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> one of those uh one of those throwaway assignments. Thank you. <laughs> So how's the married life treating you good, sir? You went and made an honest woman out of that poor, poor creature. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. That's that's all I've got so far. <laughs> I survived. <laughs> he talks about his marriage like it's a, a, a new meal at Piccadilly or something. He's like, it's not bad. I might eat it again. I don't mind the what? taste. What the... Uh, <laughs> Okay, it's I've been less like cardboard than other things I've enjoyed. <laughs> there is a significant difference between uh, my wife and cardboard, but uh, <laughs> um, it's a ringing that's so endorsement. Sweet. <laughs> I'm surprised you you I try. You could sell that to Hallmark, dude. He's a fucking romantic <laughs> at heart, is yeah. what he's saying. Get get yourself a nice floral print card that says there is a significant difference between my wife and cardboard. It's, it's the significant that really sells it. A sig- significant comma appreciable difference between my wife and cardboard. No, um, uh, we've been together for years. At this point, it's just a formality. The whole being married thing. Yeah. So marriage, uh, better than cardboard. Been together for a long time. Uh, love ended long time ago. Is that what you were saying? <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna say this. There, there's no bit. I have no follow through with this. I just thought it was awesome, be, and be, and I was reminded because uh, Patrick brought this bottle of uh, that's a rum, right? Yes. Called called Kraken. And the other day, um, we're watching TV, and and Ashley goes, "What the hell?" I'm like, "What?" She's like, "Did that commercial?" Oh, never mind, never mind. I'm like, "What? What?" She's like, "It was a commercial for Goldfish Crackers, but I looked at it wrong. I could swear it said Goldfish Kraken." <laughs> I was like, why? That would be awesome. Exactly. I was like, why can I not buy a bag of goldfish cracking? Even if there would just be like one in a pack. Yeah, that's that's what I want. I I want a a thing of goldfish, but there's one kraken in there. (laughs) You just snap tentacles off and you're like, or or they could like like really make it instead of a food item, make it more of a toy item. Where you open the bag and there's a a single kraken and just some crumbs. So like like it's the aftermath. See, and that would be like you, that lends itself to commercial. Like you remember, like the Sunny D 
commercials where it's like, what's in the fridge? It's like stale urine, purple stuff, milk. Sunny D, now it's a fucking party. You know, like, oh, this party sucks. We, we got chefs. It's like, wait a minute. Unleash the Kraken! And then, like, you know, mariachi band comes out, and it's awesome. So, um, uh, Ray came up with a, a new bit earlier that I think we should definitely do that I, I've embellished upon a little it's, bit. It's not really a bit so much as just a complete rewind of what we've done for three episodes. It's, it's, it's a formalizing <laughs> of something we, we frequently do. Um, okay. But uh, I, I expanded upon it actually later while I was driving around um, in, in a way that I think will be uh, will be more entertaining for the listening audience. Uh, and that is so. So the bit that you came up with is basically having a you know a little jingly song type bit that uh, that goes you know remember the eighties and then we we talk about something from the eighties like that's like it's almost like the word of the day or you know like best week ever or something like that where it's like you know you you pull something interesting from the 80s like you know slap bracelets or whatever and we talk about them for a minute and you have no idea what we're talking about and I, what the idea the idea that i that, that i think has has let real legs as a as a recurring bit is we started out you know the, the music or sing song whatever we we introduced the concept and then we much like balderdash or something like that we ask raz to supply a definition of what that thing was <laughs> Nice. And then and then we explain to him, and so that way we get to see like it, it's we get to see if he gets him right for one thing, mm-hmm. um, and just well, out I don't of con- know that that's gonna work because I mean it's not like he has a complete void of information. He's just he's fuzzy on the details, so it's not like you could go Pac Man and he'll be like, what what madness is this? He's got a very it's... Bill and Ted scenario where he 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 knows the subject matter, but the, the definitions are a little fuzzy. When that, okay, look. Uh, I know about Socrates. <laughs> I know about uh, Pac-Man is just the uh, he's that guy that went from the East Coast to the West Coast, like just carrying a backpack, right? Yes, that's correct. Yes, correct. Okay. Two points yeah. to the man in the back with the beard. Now, before you laugh, I fucking lost a whole year of my life one time. Like, I had gone around, what was it, when I was 22, I guess? I'd gone around telling people I was, like, 23 forever. And Ashley's like, wait a minute, when year were you born? I was, like, 79. She's like, you're 24, idiot. And I'm like, <laughs> am I? Like, oh, god damn it. That doesn't really qualify as losing a year of your life. It's just misrepresenting yourself on, like, government forums and things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Committing identity lying. fraud, but you still have the memory of that year. It's not oh, like King, where where you're like you have this great void of the first ten years of your life. One of these days, we're gonna take him into like uh, hypnotherapy, and he's gonna be like, "Wait a minute, I remember Rubik's cube and anal probing." <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, hey! Those were fun, and so were Rubik's cubes. Yeah, you were. You were anal getting... probing was fun. Well, I was the one probing. Oh, okay. You get some uh, neat tools in those classes. So, so this is something that came out of a conversation I had with some um, people at work uh, that I just, I felt like, um, like, I don't know how you get in this line of work, but you know, you go to Las Vegas, uh, Atlantic City, there are theme casinos, right? And like every theme you can imagine. There's like, you know, in Vegas, you got like Excalibur, which is, uh, you know, Knights and Castles and Luxor, which is uh, like Egyptian and, you know, they've all got these themes. And um, we were talking about uh, where a couple people I work for, um, 
work with are from. And one that, that leaped out at me is like, this is an, uh, um, an untapped, you know, casino theme, uh, which is Detroit. You're like, you go, <laughs> <laughs> you go to Las Vegas and there's got, they've got New York, New York, which is not like fucking Paris. It's not like, I mean, for, they have Paris too, yeah. but you know, you, you go to like the New York, New York and Vegas. I mean, New York is not like, like this beautiful city. It's not the yeah. greatest thing in the world. So I'm like, why not Detroit? I mean, are you like playing the slot machine and hoping that like food stamps line up all the way across? Like, so so at Caesar's Palace, they have a dude in a full Caesar's get uh, get up, walk around with like chicks fanning him and stuff, and he takes pictures and signs stuff for people. This is like a paid actor. You could take like like, Eminem impersonators, or yeah, for for like a fraction of that, you could have just no name actors run around and like pretend to get shot. Like right next to the black. <laughs> See, ironically, what I what I find funny about this is if you did a, a, a Detroit themed casino, it would actually look like Escape from New York, <laughs> and that's where it would be awesome. I mean, imagine how cool that would be if, like, knowing it was all because that's the thing about Vegas is you're going to these themes, but knowing it's it's all theme park like, it's all mm-hmm. it's all dressed up for your tourist enjoyment. There's just there are so many places that you could take that one, you know, like when you, you know, you valet park your car when you pull up and when you leave, you just get to pick a car to jack and take <laughs> home. You know? Or, or you, you go to your where you parked your car and you find that the tires have been stolen and it's up on blocks. And it's like it's just all part of your Detroit experience. <laughs> Um, but I mean, this this got me thinking of. I mean, there are so many ways that that Detroit could lend itself to that sort of thing. Because I've I've been to Vegas enough times that I've I've been kind of impressed with the way that they work the theme into the casino sometimes. Um, and just Detroit has so many things that would work. You know, you could even you could also um, like you could have a a stage show that is people stealing cars and things like that. Or um, like and and all of the uh, all the waitresses that bring by drinks could be dressed like you know shady drug dealers. I, I'm just going to say right now that if I have any sway with your family at all when the time comes and my horrifying lifestyle hasn't been my undoing at that point, your tombstone will say, Patrick Kovacic, champion of Detroit. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, I would... Because you're really selling this, man. Like, I, I feel this is a pitch meeting. I, 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 I'm so... I, I would dig that because to the uh, without context, without uh-huh. knowing what it's talking about, uh-huh. like... It could just be that I won Detroit. Like, <laughs> I went to Detroit and there was a br- battle and I emerged victorious. I am the champion of Detroit. Mm. Um, but Champions so- of Detroit should be a fucking underground hip-hop group. There you go. I'm, yeah. Um, so th- anyway, this got me thinking of, there have got to be, I, like, that one occurred to me and we talked about it. Again, I was talking with people from Detroit, so it was entertaining because they had additional takes on it. Like, you know, being able to have like dirty piles of snow as part of the like aesthetic as you walk through the casino, things like like details I would not have picked out having only spent a very small amount of time in Detroit. Um, but this kind of got me thinking of like what, you know, other untapped themes there are out there. Because if you really like, they've got a lot of the major things, but they've got to be things that, that are still out there. Like Detroit, waiting to be conquered by some Las Vegas casino developer. You know, um, <laughs> Escape from Detroit could be a prequel to Escape from New York, except it wouldn't be set in the future. <laughs> <laughs> and the thing is, you wouldn't have to hire any actors. You just send a camera crew to Detroit. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah, like it, they are actually the Snake Plissken. They have to get out. <laughs> yeah, that's it. You helicopter in a, a camera crew, <laughs> and they have to escape. See, this almost feels like a suitable time for it's like, 
And now it's time for Remember the 80s, where in a tragic turn of events, Ashley has no idea what the fuck we're talking about <laughs> in 80s cinema. <laughs> like, but Raz is all about Escape from New York. You have to have seen, I mean, Ernest Borgnine was in that. Uh, for some reason, that means you have to have seen it. Why? Just, just, yeah, no, what? Just assume. I don't even know who that is. How is Ernest that? Borgnine was in it? What the hell is wrong with you? That, <laughs> yeah, that's the litmus test right there. Just assume she, if it was made before the film, like can't hardly wait that she probably never saw it. <laughs> I've at I, least heard of it. I know nothing about <laughs> childhood, so I don't know if if. You were existed in a tube, or you just weren't like you lived in the town from Footloose, and you weren't allowed to see movies, or or what? <laughs> I was quite okay. sheltered. It's a bad rap because negative dance. side, you can't dance. Positive side, your preacher is John Lithgow. I would be at church every Sunday. I'm like, oh my god, look how creepy he is talking about hell. It's amazing. <laughs> So you would I... attend attend church like people attend horror movie marathons yes. around Halloween. Yes, it would be like Hell House every day. I mean, <laughs> oh my God, John! Tell me about the Eighth Circle, and also uh, Buckaroo Banzai. Uh, if if Lithgow lived in my town, I would just try to get him to recreate scenes from Santa Claus the movie. <laughs> that is an underrated movie. I tell people about that movie, and no one knows what the hell I'm talking about. I have like, never heard of this movie. I'm like, it was a My Christmas favorite... movie with Dudley Moore, and they're like, "You're high again," and I'm like, "That's true, but nonetheless." How have I no, never no, no. Okay, heard of wait, this? Wait, wait. The best scene in that movie is whenever Dudley Moore tries to propose giving out the candy for free, and that like <laughs> little stuttering, like, "Oh, oh, 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 oh free." No, it is ham. It is so much ham. Like, Patrick can make the most symmetrical sandwich of all time. <laughs> that scene. I mean, anything with that much ham, even metaphorical ham, I'm on board. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, it's, it is good. It Netflix is good. fucking Santa Claus the movie. You'll be glad you did, and so will we. I'm pretty happy with the phrase metaphorical ham, yeah. by the way. I've seen it, as have all the people I know and love. And you'll never know how happy I am about it. Wow, that's a ringing endorsement. So it's metaphorical happiness. So I mean, <laughs> that kind of lessens the blow a little bit. Take it with a grain of metaphorical salt. Well, wow, that kind of hurts my brain because that, that phrase is a metaphor already. <laughs> I don't know. Can you? I mean, you can only get metaphorical salt if you send a metaphorical Gandhi to see. <laughs> <laughs> I think you can have even kosher metaphorical ham if it's not uh, Friday between Friday and Saturday, you know, sundown Sunday. Oh, that's the rule. Yeah, I, I think like you know Sunday afternoon metaphorical ham is totally kosher. <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm not a rabbi. In so, case there was confusion. <laughs> I think we're gonna. I think what we're gonna do. I was. Gonna... I, I I had wondered. <laughs> I, the, the hair is confusing. I admit. I've been meaning to do something about that. Who has everyone seen Iron Man two at this point? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Most of it. Here's my problem with Iron Man two. It is a film about a drunkard industrialist billionaire who makes a suit of armor based on technology he designed in the desert that allows him to be a superhero. Okay. And my main problem with this movie, the main contention where I just can't suspend belief anymore is the fact that they want his information and they feel like they have to send Scarlett Johansson like underground, like incognito to get his secrets. 
if Scarlett Johansson walked up to me and was just like, what's the easiest way for me to kill you? I'd be like, okay, get that fork. Now stick it right here. I mean, like, you just ask. Just ask. I was gonna say. I mean, she doesn't need a fork. You like. I think if Scarlett Johansson wanted information out of you, she would walk up and go, "Hey Ray, um, you know, pull down her shirt a little bit and no, go, no, 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 no. give me the information." No, and she would just come up and like do the bump, just the butt bump, and I would fall stone fucking dead. <laughs> like, he, no, I'm just saying. Scarlett Johansson just walks up. She won't even talk to me. I'll just pass her on the street, and I'm like, and here's my banking info. <laughs> And my social security you know, card. For me, talking would be part of it because it's like that ridiculous voice. You know, she could she could be like reciting a nursery rhyme, but as long as she were talking, I'd probably do whatever she wanted to. I know, right? Total mm-hmm. package. If she wanted to uh, kill me, I would suggest death by snooze. Just, <laughs> just saying. I'm I sorry. Could... What? You're a selfless man. Yeah. He's a good egg. This one. <laughs> So, I had this idea of um, movies, like, uh, the, I was watching the movie Ocean's Eleven, which is a movie I enjoy a great deal. It's a comfort, the the George Clooney one. Um, it's, uh, you know, I, it not the greatest movie ever made, but I just, for some reason, really like it. It's like, it, It's fun. It's a um, fun movie. It, it's a I've comfort, never seen it. It's a, really, it's, it's a comfort movie for me. Ha, there's a movie I've seen that Ray hasn't. Amazing. Um, <laughs> yeah, but isn't it all, like, hot? Young or not necessarily young, but hot actors. I mean, isn't that it like is, no? Uh, it, no, it, not really. If you look at the yeah, cast, no. it it could be just a Hollywood wank fest, but it's actually a really just a really fun heist movie. Like it's a yeah. it's a guy movie. I mean, it really okay. is a okay. fantastic guy. It's movie. a heist movie. I love this. I, I, I highly like, recommend it. How does it rate on the guy scale compared to like True Romance? I would rate it above True Romance. What that is True Romance? You know God what? Damn it! You is know what? Just fuck you. Have you you heard of a man named Quentin Tarantino? Yes, I have. Okay, look. If if you have to watch... Look at it up. Look at it up. It has Christian Slater. That's why I didn't see it. It has a a Elvis that only exists in Christian Slater's head. Oh, my God. It's got got Christian Slater and Patricia Arquette. Yes. And she's she's actually good in it. No, it gets better. There's a scene that's a dialogue between Christopher Walken... And uh, uh, Dennis Hopper. Dennis Hopper. That is fantastic. That is solid gold. Are you talking? Is that the uh, you're a melon head or some shit like that? No, it's no. It it is not suitable for this air. That conversation. Yeah, yeah. That's, <laughs> that's true. No, I mean, it, negative turf. Isn't one of them like uh, bleeding from the nose or something when they have the conversation? I think so. I yeah, that sounds right. That, that sounds right. Yes. But, yeah, totally but it's, worth it's 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 a good movie. I mean, yeah, and and hey, it's Val it's Kilmer got... and Gary Oldman. Okay. And, yeah. And uh, and um, Balky from Perfect Strangers, which I know you love. Yeah. No, it's satisfying <laughs> on many many levels. Thank you. Um. Yeah. So it's it's I would I recommend you you see that. Anyway, point being, Ray, Ocean's okay. Eleven. Yeah. So so Ray needs to see Ocean's Eleven. King needs to see True Romance. We've established this. Anyway, Ocean's Eleven. It's a good comfort movie. I really enjoy it. You can you can seriously get a, a package at um, Target or Walmart, whatever. That's all four of the Ocean's movies, including the original with Frank Sinatra. Ten bucks. I highly recommend it. The set, the Ocean's Twelve is a little iffy, but Eleven and Thirteen are great. Anyway, um, so it occurred to me that while I love that movie, um. Uh, if you recast Julia Roberts in that movie, it would me be dramatically better for me. 
I, I would enjoy that movie dramatically more if they had recast the Julia Roberts. So what's well, the qualm with Julia Roberts? Yeah, I mean, because I, is it just because you don't find her hot in the role? Because for me, it's she's not really supposed she's, like no, she's not, not important. Hot. She's not supposed yeah. to be hot. She's supposed to be an intellectual. Right. Uh, no, that's that's not it. It's that <laughs> what, that's a harder dumb? sell than her being hot. <laughs> <laughs> Ray is getting where I'm coming from here. He's picking up what I'm laying down. Um, so it, it, it occurred to me, I mean, again, this is a movie that even with her in it, I really, really enjoy this movie. I mean, it's one of my favorites. I watch it a lot as a, as a comfort sort of thing. But I'm like, I would, this, I mean, th- there would be a, not just a minor move in the needle, like a, there would be a marked difference if they had changed her out. And this kind of got me thinking about other movies that I feel that way about. Now, notwithstanding the obvious anything with Tom Hanks that I would list <laughs> <laughs> Probably a better movie if they would recast Tom Hanks. This got to, uh, got to me as a a really interesting subject of discussion in either direction. Like what movies that you think would be dramatically better um, if they had recast a single role, or movies that like there's somebody there, there's some movie that like if they had recast one like well, a, role, a role you loved. Okay, here's that the would problem. Be dramatically worse. Here's the problem. Um, like you know they cast Tom Hanks in role after role because. He plays the same character in every movie, but in a way that most Americans can get behind. Whereas Julia Roberts is the exact same person in every movie and is an abhorrent bitch. <laughs> so part of the part of this discussion I had last night was like I, Samuel- I feel like I've watched completely different Tom Hanks and Julia Roberts movies than you guys. Like they, they just exist like on separate planes of reality. In what uh, way? Uh, well, I mean, we were just Patrick and I were just having a conversation last night where I was complaining about actors that I I feel do what you just described. I don't like them because I I feel like vastly different movies that call for different kinds of acting they still bring like the exact same character to every like John role. Wayne. But I would not have pitted Tom Hanks or Julia Roberts as that person. I just don't. Tom see Hanks maybe has a subtle differential, but. Julia Roberts, whether she's playing a, you know, a lawyer from North Carolina or a Icelandic seal hunter, is still that same <laughs> boisterous, indifferent Southern charm bullshit. Like I just don't give a fuck. I don't find her believable in anything. I can't believe that I'm watching a movie. I'm just like, this is a neat story. With Julia Roberts, not I, this is a neat story with this character. I, I, I'll disagree with part of that and agree with part of that. I do. I think that she's got a little more um, range. Like Aaron Brockovich is different than the character in Ocean's Eleven. Tess is her name. Um, so I, I will think I will say that she's got more range than say a Tom Hanks or the example I like to go to uh, uh, Samuel L. Jackson. Samuel L. Jackson plays Samuel L. Jackson in every movie he's in. Yeah, but now I love I love that character, so I'm okay with it. I respect uh, Leslie's issue. With as like, okay, you don't really have range if you play the same thing in every movie. I'll grant that. Samuel L. Jackson doesn't have a lot of range, but I happen to like the character he plays in every movie. Oh, no, he's great. But, but I'm not going to say he's not going to top my best actors list because he does not have a lot of range. He plays the same thing. You know, I'll see shit with him in it, but he, he doesn't have that sort of range that I, I is my issue uh, with a lot of people. You know, it occurs to me that uh, I think Patrick's list... <laughs> is less suitable for the podcast than it is like my rant cast YouTube videos where I just, I'm like, let me tell you what fucking pisses off the fat man. Cause I think that's kind of the tangent he's going on. No, no, no. I'm, I'm trying what, to make what this. What grinds this... your gears? Yeah. <laughs> so to say. 
I, I'm trying to make this into a um, into a. Uh, I think that this this conversation could happen a number of times as we think of more things. But the, I happen to have that one example. Ocean's Eleven. I would enjoy it much more if they recast Julia Roberts. Can you think of movies where like you love the movie, but you think there's one person in it, one single role where you're like, God, I just I can't stand that person in it. If they recast that person, this movie would be so much better. Or the other direction where you're like, like the Big Lebowski. That's not really fair because they they wrote those roles for the actors. But like, if they recast Walter in the Big Lebowski, that movie drops a hundred points, easy, for me. Arbitrary points I've just invented. But you know, it's like, I mean, can can you think of any movies like that where it's like whether it get, whether it gets better or it gets much worse, where like a single casting change makes such a huge difference? Wow. Okay. Well, for me, um, the Da Vinci Code with Tom Hanks being the lead character, I think it was yeah. But the Da Vinci Code been had so much better, and I know the Da Vinci Code had problems in and of itself, but yeah. I just think it, he did not fit the characterization no, from cast. the book at all. Excuse me, listening audience, while I high five Ashley. <laughs> okay, yes, uh, I totally agree with that. And I read, I the, I read the book. Tom Hanks, so he he was not what was his name, Robert Langdon. Yes. Like he did not fit the characterization in the the novel at all. <laughs> no. And also in the in the uh I didn't think that it would have made a good movie anyway, and I was fucking right. It was boring as shit because <laughs> like three fourths of the novel is internal monologue. Yeah. It's him fucking working through this and bullshit. Maybe it's just novel. me. I, I need some backup on this because I tell people this and they look at me like I'm speaking nonsense. Angels and Demons far superior to the Da Vinci Code. The book or the movie? The book, obviously. The movies are fucking terrible. They're Ron Howard <laughs> films. No, don't don't besmirch Ron Howard for bad source material. Okay, I like The Grinch. What else has he done? Um, Beautiful. A Beautiful Mind, yeah. which I, I didn't see, but I was told was good. Um, oh, that's one of I'm, my favorite films. I'm going to go with Arrested Development. Um, God, what else? Ron Howard has done a, a fair... Yeah, but that, oh, God, don't get on an IMDb Apollo 13? tangent. Apollo 13 was acceptable, but I didn't think it was spectacular. Well, okay, uh, on the to stick to Julia Roberts and to make an embarrassing, uh, or well, sort of embarrassing, uh, 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 whatever that word is, proclamation. Um, <laughs> yeah, thank you. That works. Proclamation. Um, I think. Every movie that I've seen her in could have been improved had she not been in it, except for Notting Hill. And I kind of like Notting Hill for some reason. I, I like chick flicks, but have not seen that, so I can't weigh in on that. I like it be what well, it came right after I'd seen the movie Extreme Measures, which is unlike every other one of his movies. The guy from Notting Hill, fuck, what is his name? Um, uh, Colin Firth. No. Is that him or or Hugh Grant? He's it's one of those. Yeah, it's Hugh Grant. Uh, unlike every w- other one of Hugh Grant's films, it's a uh, it's not a rom com. It's a uh, uh, thriller movie set in like the medical field. Oddly enough, oh. it's really good. But uh, I-, I went back and rewatched it, and shoe face lace Sarah um, Jessica Parker, I guess is her name. The chick from <laughs> the in the foot, city. Foot face, yes. Yeah. Foot, I thought it yeah. was horse face. Are we jumping now? <laughs> yeah, I, I, horse face is probably more accurate, but I happen to like foot face more harsh. Yeah, I think I, foot face is better it, because horse face is typically like a longer face, and her face I, isn't long enough I to be horse face. I pissed somebody off at work the other day. We were talking about movies, and she's like, did you see Sex in the City 1? And I go, yeah, I love that part where the guy proposes to her, and she looks him in the eye and goes, <laughs> 
<laughs> she was like, fuck you. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, I love the Sex in the Sh- City show, but... Yeah, Sex in the Shitty. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That sums my feelings up. Freudian slip. <laughs> but the movie was not that great. Yeah, I... I give um, like what's... I was laughing at it, but at parts where I don't think I was supposed to be laughing I, I at it. I would say everybody I know who was a huge fan of the show, and I know way too many people that fit that description, felt the movie was a huge disappointment. I give a pass to what's her face for mannequin and the fact that she still looks smashing at her age, but otherwise that show is an abomination. Well, at, at this point, she is actually more mannequin than human being. <laughs> well, yeah. Kim Kim Cattrall is held together with silicone and like drywall screws. At this point. <laughs> I, I have been turning this topic over in my head, and I, I think I can nominate like one movie where all of the casting was just like horrific. Like I, I would think it could be improved by changing out almost anyone, which would be the Batman and Robin with like Clooney as Batman and Chris O'Donnell somehow supposed to be Robin See, and like Alicia Silverstone. I think, and like... I don't think movie with Chris O'Donnell, if you change him out, is probably... <laughs> I, I don't think there's any, any way to do Batman and Robin as scripted and have it be a good movie. I agree. But to, uh, okay, but, to me, Chris, to me but the... Chris O'Donnell was just like, there was nothing Robin-like about him. Like, But, but I could just go you on know, and on. For and all on. the problems with Batman and Robin, my favorite moment still has to be where, you know, Alicia Silverstone shows up and Alfred comes to the door and he's like, Ah, oh, child, how how have you been with your years of formative schooling in Britain? And she goes, oh, it's totally awesome. Like, just like not even a hint of a fucking accent. She doesn't even try. <laughs> the, okay, this reminds me of something I thought today. And this, uh, I'm going to readily admit, this could be a case where I have no idea what I'm talking about. And I'm just remembering shit that wasn't true. Those so are back fun, me though. up if you know. Yeah. Fun. So... You know, the, the GoBots Transformers divide, okay? Here's why Transformers was superior, one of many reasons. The leader of the GoBots, conveniently named Leader One, if you will, he... That's, that's a matter of fact. It's not, it's yeah. not up to me. He, he, uh, he was a little more well-rounded as a character because he, he like, worried about shit. He was always like, oh, we have to... We have to stop this invasion because they'll get the thing. What will happen if they get the thing? Whereas Optimus Prime was, you know, I guess, as the namesake implies, very optimistic. He was like, Transformers, we will stop the Decepticons and prevail. You know, like it was all all confidence. Leader one was like, oh, shit. <laughs> oh, and, and, and and leader I, I completely agree so you're, yeah, you're yeah. you were totally on base here uh leader one also worried about like collateral damage uh-huh. whereas prime was just like fuck you know, it yeah we're robots <laughs> in disguise <laughs> uh and wait what you hear that sound that's the sound of all the vaginas in the podcast clamping shut <laughs> at our debate over <laughs> <robot> leadership <laughs> Yeah, I'm not sure there is uh there is much more of a turnoff than like no, no. not not even just discussing GoBots versus Transformers, but no. minutia of the ethics of their leadership. <laughs> That's why we have to have the podcast because it's not like you can go home to your lady friend and be like, 
I want to talk about leader one. You know, like it just <laughs> the, uh, the the primary differences of the TV show. I was going like, oh, why did they shoot lasers out of their hands? There weren't <laughs> even guns. It made no sense. You know, Cycler was really much more of an effective leader if you really look at it on paper. Yeah, it, to to take the power required to create a high density matter beam like used would be much larger than the Autobots had. In the... No, it wasn't so bad until y'all did the voice things. <laughs> <laughs> that just made it so much worse. <laughs> or better. Uh, no. I don't. I've never gotten the appeal of taquitos. They they're <laughs> tiny tacos. What's not to get? <laughs> God damn! They're no. They're they're rolled up. They're it's all fried. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there's there's nothing you you could put no filling in there and just roll up a tortilla and fry it and it would taste exactly the same. No, that is fine. I find it hard to believe that. I'm not really done with taquitos either. Wait a minute. So is your (laughs) wait is your quandary with taquitos the size? Then is that your problem? No, it's just they're they're just fried tortilla. There's no taco is fried. A hard shell taco is fried. I I don't have a problem with that. That that it was not built to spec. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's like the weight ratio is, is all off. There's nothing of val. I mean, I like fried food when it is fried things like like a taco. Although you know what, my friend, you have not had the right taquito. That is all I have to say. No, if if, if it tastes taquito. like nothing but fried tortilla to you, then you have not had the right taquito. Maybe had what? a taquito uh, you. I'm just saying. I don't know. Give me a nice burrito full of delicious You're- filling. There are a lot of varieties of taquito, my friend. I'm just saying. Oh, I, I as I understand it, um, you uh, you put them in your oven, and I know that variety. Put them in your oven, cook them. Look, make room in your heart for the burrito and the taquito. Okay, you can't chase Delta Burks forever. No. Sometimes you need a Twiggy. All right, <laughs> dude. There are only so many combinations of uh, tortillas. You know, meat, lettuce, and cheese that I, that I have room for in my brain. Taco Bell begs that to differ. I, I know. There is no limit to my uh, the room I will make. You could reconfigure that. It's it really. No. It's the um, Rubik's cube of the no, fast I'm, food. I'm, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure the the high ups at Taco Bell just take an ingredient wheel and a, a set of boggle like dice. And that's what how they they just they go okay so it's a tortilla with beans and rice and smeared you know chili sauce and we're gonna call it a you know quesarito done new product <laughs> look it's it's Is a tortilla with beans meat weird... cheese or vegetables okay just say something in Spanish I, I'll bring you a plate of food I may have just created the next Taco Bell taste quesarito sounds delicious if that's not a real thing. <laughs> Oh my god! I can go for a quesarito right now. <laughs> don't even know. I don't even know. I'm I'm on board either way. <laughs> that's how addicted you are to bad food. You don't even know what it is, and you're like, "Oh, that sounds good." That's how I live my life, sir. You got that? I just I cannot predict at all what you have been exposed to. What you have it. It's maddening. I had to have been uh, exposed to war games. Clear. Okay, so you've got short circuit. You've got war games. You didn't have Betty and Veronica. Um, no. What else have I got? Uh, Never seen Red Dawn. Seen the, the Red uh, Dawn? Do you know what popples are? Oh my god, I love popples. <laughs> I had a little. Dude, okay, okay. Should, should I? Wait, wait. Should I guess as to what that is? Because I've yes. Wait, You're playing wait, wait, the let, game. Let, let, what let is a popple? Do the full bit. Okay, a popple no, wait, sound. Let, let, give him a, get, let, let let Ray do an intro first. Hello, friends. And now that old clock on the wall says it's that time for Remember the 80s with Patrick 
Ray and Raz. Tell me, Raz, what is a popple? A popple is a Greek treat that was uh, popularized in the mid-70s. It's kind of like a, it's an offshoot of, it's like a mixture between, um, oh, what's that sweet dish that they have with the honey and the layers? Baklava? Yeah, baklava. It's like a mixture between baklava and falafel. <laughs> Survey says. <laughs> okay, seriously, what is it? Uh, take this one, Leslie. Well, in their heyday, they actually even had like a, a TV show and what? like books and everything. But um, they started out, to my knowledge, as like a toy. And it was, I mean, I don't actually know. It's a chicken egg thing. I don't know if it was like a show that they spun off into toys or vice versa. But they were really popular as toys. They were these plush little creatures. They kind of like had, you know, like weird colors. Like they'd have like pink fur and like a blue nose and maybe like weird ears or antennas or whatever. But they were they were very like chubby little creatures and you could like turn them inside out on themselves and make these little like plush basketball sized balls called popples. And they were like collectibles. I, did I do that justice? Is that what a popple is, right? Uh, yeah, that sums it up pretty good. I can't say. Uh, yeah. So it's not a food? No. <laughs> no, and oh. I think I think you were misdirected by Futurama on that one, since that yeah. seems no. to be the theme for the evening. What? No, no. I was, uh, for some <laughs> reason, I had just listened to the uh, the HE podcast from a couple of days ago. Mm-hmm. They were talking about Galifianakis being Greek, and they called him Galeopapanus. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the first thing that popped in my head. All I'm saying is you the, the filling to crust like fried crust ratio on taquitos is all fucked up. Wait, 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 wait. Yeah, again, that's my again, you're problem with taquitos, that all taquitos are the same. Wait, even even biting into a bone though, I don't know that you can go to Patrick's side of this proverbial fence because in his world, you'd still bite into the bone. It'd just be surrounded by like a pound <laughs> of beans. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I am I'm building this like picture in my mind of Patrick's personal hell where every channel is a Tom Hanks movie and you like sandwiches are just like drenched in mayonnaise and Tito's are your only other option for Oh him. god. Honestly, this sounds like the best place to do Oh, god. <laughs> oh I could do, I I could live there for a He's week. He's trying to get in the fetal position, but it, it's yeah, me and King would just be like, holy shit, grab those five taquitos to go. They're playing lady killers. <laughs> oh, that is such a good movie. Yes. There are people who will take bread, apply mayonnaise the way one would apply butter, which I don't even do that. My dad does that. But apply mayonnaise to it as if it were as if it were jam. Right. And, then, and then just eat the bread. Never witnessed uh-huh. that. Um, just I... eat the bread? Just mayo bread. Yes. I was very... uh, We had some poor years um, in rural Alabama, which is where I uh, originally hailed from, and I don't talk about that much. And um, although we didn't do that at my house, I remember being sent to stay the weekend at my grandma's, and she totally sold us on the idea that, you know, this is a mayonnaise sandwich. Um, And I, I have never forgotten that. So, yes, I have had a... Mayonnaise, quote, sandwich. Okay. Let, I'm just going to say this. Like, 
okay, my wife is a pediatric nurse, and she comes home from work and tells me about the children that died that day. <laughs> Wait, and even so, that is the saddest <laughs> fucking thing I have ever heard in my life. <laughs> the mayonnaise sandwich. I mean, mayonnaise I'm sure she was sandwich. just out of like blown. The mayonnaise sandwich ever. trunk with dying sick kids. It's pretty sad, yeah. <laughs> This is actually maybe an interesting topic. I have found that that bookmarks for me are a way to go like, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna check this out later, and then and never, never do. Yeah, yeah, that's me. It's it's like it's a way of alleviating information guilt. Yeah, like I want to read this. I feel like I should read this, so I'm gonna bookmark it and tell myself, yeah, now it's saved. Now I'll check it out, but I never fucking do. Never ever ever. No, I'm the same way. I have that. probably. I always go back and look at mine. Yeah, but you you operate on a whole different level than we do when it comes to information. Yeah. How, how many tabs do you typically have open at any given time? Oh, good lord! I'm guessing hers is a lot less than ours. Probably. How many feeds do you have right now in Reader? <laughs> do I have? <laughs> um, I think I subscribe to like six. I just like that she laughed like Chip and Dale just then. <laughs> yours was better. Yeah. Dude, I'm not even using Chrome right now. I'm using Photoshop, and I have five tabs open. I don't need any of them. And he's like, I can't get Gmail in any of them. <laughs> so frustrating. No, uh, I I actually just use Instapaper or Instapaper, whatever. Instapaper. I'm assuming it's Instapaper. But uh, I use that for the information guilt thing. I only bookmark websites that I like to visit regularly. But have like the worst URLs ever, and I can't remember how they're spelled. So Instapapper just sounds like a gynecologist on the go. Instapapper. <laughs> it sounds like a dapper twenties gynecologist. Yes. <laughs> who who has just what? a speculum in his top hat? We're gonna see what you got going on down there. Hmm. I see you've got the crabs. <laughs> it's a cleaner <laughs> like alcohol. Yeah. But with more chemicals. <laughs> I just imagine, like, at the factory, they, like, turn the dial that says chemicals up. <laughs> it's basically like the dip from Roger Rabbit. Yeah. No, no, it's it's like those chemicals they gave Blanca in the Street Fighter movie. It's just giant never, Kool-Aid sex. I, I've never seen any I of- never saw the Street Fighter movie out of respect for Raul Julia. Good what? Man. <laughs> How am I the only person here that has seen this movie I, from the eighties? I just want to remember him as um, as Gomez Adams and leave it at that. Necrophilia, it's easy. <laughs> they don't put up a lot of struggle. That's true. No, no. <laughs> but all the digging, ugh. Yeah, I mean, for the win. There's right? a, there's a lot of work for very little payoff. I think. Just work at the morgue. That depends on whether or not you take it home. If you work at the morgue, you don't have to do any digging. But there's a coldness issue there. Yeah. It's got to be hard to fucking okay. fucking freeze. I'm just going to say that. If you're fucking it's a corpse, a I don't think <laughs> things like temperature are going to dissuade <laughs> really. you. Really? You don't think? I mean, I mean let's... A little... 
if at this be- point, you're more than just a little bit fucked up. So, I don't think you're so, going to no, be dissuaded by temperature. Right, right, right. But there's the rational, uh, like I, I, I've, I've gotten myself past the idea of fucking a corpse, and and you, you've divorced yourself of that rationally. But on a physical level, there's a stimulation level that's still like it. That's unconscious. You can't control that level of, of okay. how that makes you feel. You're you're going on the presumption that people get over doing necrophilia. I, I'm pretty sure that they every time it's, it. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure that like it's it's a deliberate thing. They're like, this is gonna happen. I'm I, gonna have sex with this corpse. That's what <laughs> happens next. I admit to I I I freely admit to ignorance on that topic. I like that. I like that. In, <laughs> I like that in King's idea of this. It's like they've gone to the flow chart. They're like, and what's next? Oh, right, corpse fucking. <laughs> And now with the Ray perspective, <laughs> I, you know, I just I calls them like I see them, sir. Now with the Ray perspective, you should have fucked her. <laughs> and the thing is, we basically, be... we can take that clip and just apply that to any situation. That, okay, this is why I'm gonna be all like, my mom died today. It's yeah, you should have fucked her. Fucking, this, this is why. I'm the best wingman ever because maybe I can't help you score the girl you're after, but I'll get you to lower your expectations until we find one that'll fuck you. Okay, and, and how about this? Fucking what you can get. Yes, I'm a, a realist. <laughs> a married woman used to come over to my apartment because we used to when we would have parties at my apartment. This was when I was like nineteen, twenty. We'd get together and we'd drink a lot of beer and act like idiots. And uh, play Halo. This married woman would come over to my apartment and ask me to give her massages and be all suggestive and everything. So, what do you think, Ray? Should I have should I have had sex with the married woman? I, I didn't. It's a hobby, I guess. I don't. <laughs> I just I want to know. Like, all right, can we kill him and take his pheromones? Like, I don't. Yeah. What? <laughs> I feel Dude, like I am not. Okay, look. You, you, you have. I am not a good-looking guy, and I'm not especially like. Uh, uh, charismatic or anything. I don't know why this happens. Were, were you the only one who was still conscious at these parties? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe She's you're like, just there's like a live one option. There's a live let, one. let me tell you, I, I, I can count on one hand the number of times anyone, even like people I'm intimately involved with, ever considered massage. Uh, and, uh, and just when I was random. when I was 16, I went over to a friend's house. And the apartment above his – well, it wasn't a house. It was an apartment. The apartment above his was having a party, and he abandoned me to go up. uh, uh, He abandoned me to go upstairs, right? And I'm sitting in his uh, bedroom, and I'm playing this Nintendo 64. This drunk woman barges in and uh, tries fondling me, and she's calling me some other name like Steve or something. All right? So what you're saying is you had an alibi built in. I had a strange – I have the strangest fucking luck with that. And I, so like, I, like I am the opposite of a, what I don't I, understand fuck off I'm about to get a high score in pilot wings what was your yeah. <laughs> I was playing Tetrisphere you he's like the Nazis aren't gonna defeat themselves ladies step off check out this fucking watch it's got a laser on it like wing galaxies here I come <laughs> I was playing oh. Tetrisphere okay no there's no story for me to grasp onto no I I am like the opposite of a womanizing guy. I'm like, you don't even know my name. Quit touching my penis. 
Yes, ladies and gentlemen, thank you again for joining us uh, in this, the sub-basement of the bottom of the barrel, for what is undoubtedly the worst episode yet of Worst Thing Ever. In closing, uh, this is Ray. This is Patrick. Uh, since I was called Raz four times, uh, this is Raz. If any of our listeners would like to follow us on Twitter, that's twitter.com slash worst thing ever, all one word. There, since no one else did. Sha la la la. Oh my god, I love Popple.